Welcome to ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity, episode 78, The Shoes of Readiness. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Ephesians 6, verse 15. English Standard Version Philippians 1 verse 3 through 6 The Message Translation Every time you cross my mind I break out in exclamations of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger to prayer. I find myself praying for you with a glad heart. I am so pleased that you have continued on this with us, believing and proclaiming God's message from the day you heard it right up to the present. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. song is actually based off the the book the great divorce the full armor of god i also wanted to make an announcement about uh the next series of shows i'm going to do which is ask russ the uh ask russ anything type of series ask ask russ <laughs> You can email the ASI podcast at russ at asi247.org. If you would like to vent, give me a call, uh, 206-866-5460. Push pause, write this down, 206-866-5460. If you would not like your voice... Uh, on the show, let me know, and I will not uh, put your question on the show. Upcoming series will be Ask the Former Sex Addict. Ask me anything, and I'll uh, cover it within reason. Okay, this is not going to be penthouse forum here, so uh, I am dedicated to sexual addiction recovery. So give me a call, send me an email, ASI. Attitudes of sexual integrity. I said I was a future.
remember, there are no stupid questions, okay? But keeping your mouth shut and struggling with this thing for months, years, decades, and not saying anything, that's stupid, all right? That's stupid. There's no stupid questions. So please, send me an email. Give me a call. Again, 206-866-5460. That's 5460, the last four digits there. Email is russ at asi247.org. Strapping on the shoes of readiness. What does that mean? I've heard this uh, preached a lot of different times, and uh, a lot of times it's preached to uh, busy uh, Christians, right? It's like, <laughs> they kind of use this, you should get involved in this, and you should do that, and you should be, uh, you know, church people will do that, and they only need help at church, so they use this verse, and they'll say, you know, volunteer in the nursery, or uh, whatever. It's, uh, put on the shoes of readiness, and... and you know, again, I'm not bagging on the church here. This is just kind of the way things are. And for a lot of churches, you know, they'll get y'all busy even though your marriage is falling apart. Or, you know, you don't really have any outlets for talking about deep, you know, heart-level stuff like uh, like marriage, like sexual intimacy, you know. But you can, uh, you can sure make something for the bake sale, you know. Or get involved in the next Bible study, or set up chairs, or whatever. You know, this is kind of this busying attitude, and it's been attached to this verse and the putting on the shoes of readiness. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look a little deeper. Okay, could it be used for that? Sure. Why not? The church needs people. Uh, they need volunteers. They don't make a ton of money. Uh, I agree. The church does need volunteers. But I'm going to go a little deeper with this verse. And I'm going to say that uh, the best witness you can be, if you're a Christian, okay, the best um, the best example you can set is to, is to get your house in order. Right? And that's, uh, you know, not just you married folks. That's you single folks, too. I've been contacted by um, a young guy, and I, I've been contacted by um, teenagers, boys and girls, men and young men and women out there, and uh, I want you to know that there's hope for you. There is hope, and I'm, I'm glad you're listening, man. I am so honored that, that you're listening, and I'm so proud of you that you are doing this kind of heart work, okay? And I don't want you to think of this as some weird, fluffy kind of Christian deal. You folks are warriors, all right? You're, you're picking up a sword. I'm gonna talk about that later on. Another show coming up, but you're picking up a sword, you're, you're doing this thing. And you're doing it on a heart level. And, and a lot of you teens, man, a lot of you younger folks, you have such a closer bead on this stuff than, than a lot of older people do, you know? King Solomon is constantly wrestling with his own, you know, his own intellect and his own wisdom. And at the end of it all, you know, after all the parties and after all the, the chicks he's banged, right? Like, I had 700 wives and 300, like, hookers, right? Concubines. 
after all of it, he even says, he even says my wisdom is insufficient. It's meaningless. Vexation of spirit. I, I'm, I'm intellectualizing my faith, and it's, 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 you know, my heart. Where's my heart, you know? I mean, I love King Solomon, and I was contacted by a, a guy, we'll call him Ken, and uh, I was encouraging him to uh, get involved in, like, a men's group, right? I mean, there's X Church, and there's uh, higher-calling.com, and I, I love those resources. But getting involved face-to-face -face with other people is, is big. And I think for some of you teens, and this is going to take some bravery on your part, getting into a group and, you know, not really spilling out that you're addicted to porn or something like that quite yet until you get a feel for how the group is. I mean, a lot of guys, you're going to get in groups and you're going to find out that they're already talking about it. All right? A lot of churches are already talking about it. You get in group, and I'm, you know, going to a group at this church, and it's like half the guys who are there for, uh, you know, addiction recovery type of stuff, they are struggling with porn. All right, most of them, most of the folks seeking help in the area of, uh, we'll put quotes around that addiction or habitual sin, it's you know, sex addiction. So for a, for a teen to bring that kind of heart, that kind of rock and roll, you know, rebellious sort of in a joyful kind of way, right? Trying to figure things out. The world doesn't make sense. Like a splinter in your mind. And you bring that to a group, especially with adults, and you can be such a huge breath of fresh air to that, to that group. Not only that, but you can learn some, some really great wisdom. But your heart kind of wisdom. See, the heart has a short memory, all right? We can lose our, our passions when we start focusing on the wrong thing and stuff, right? It just, your heart memory is, is weird like that. It just has a very, it, it's, it's almost like it's not attached to your cerebellum, right? So it's like you have this computer in your head, but your heart is a, is a totally different kind of organism. It's organic, all right? It's not organistic, to put it in a, I don't know. That's probably not a word, right? Anyway, I, I hope you get what I'm talking about. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's your, your, your heart and your mind working together is, a, is an organic kind of a thing. You can't force it. You can't, you know, you can't make it. You can't make yourself love something, right? You can't force yourself to love. But once you understand love, and love starts to flow from inside you out, you know, the, the brain, the cerebellum, the intellect catches up. It's, it, you can't force your intellectual self to, to, to hurt, to feel, you know? There's a movie I want you guys to rent. Here's a little bit piece of homework for you. You, got, uh, you like to rent movies and stuff. It's a sleeper type of movie. I didn't even hear this movie until my wife looked it up on, uh, it's like Netflix or something, and we uh, we rented it, and it was awesome. It's a great picture of identity. It's a great picture of sexuality. It's a great picture of our jacked up culture in which we live, and how uh, sex is getting inside of another person. Uh, the movie's called It's a Boy Girl Thing. A 
believe that's what it's called. It's a boy-girl thing. Yeah, it's a boy-girl thing. It's uh, one of those kind of... I thought it started out like it was kind of cheesy, like as a, it was one of these body switch movies, you know? Like from the late 90s where there was a lot of these movies where people would switch bodies. And Actually, a few years ago, Freaky Friday came out. It was another pretty good movie with Lindsay Lohan and, uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis, mother-daughter switch bodies. And this one, you have two teenagers, uh, a boy and a girl, who uh, hate each other. They're neighbors and they end up switching bodies and it's really awesome I like it, it's got a good heart to it talk about the boy girl getting inside each other metaphor it's in this movie, love it check that out, rent that movie that's a great illustration of some of this uh, identity stuff I'm talking about and that's the cool thing about these body switch movies is it's a picture of community isn't it it's getting to know someone on the inside very intimately you know what I'm saying? Getting inside their heart. Walking in their shoes. It's funny how the success of the, the body switch genre. <laughs> Let's call it a genre. I'll throw another movie at you. Um, Martin Lawrence was in a, a recent film. Uh, oh man, I, I forget what it's called. Uh, Roscoe Jenkins Coming Home. Uh, Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins, something like that. And that that's another great film about the the surface versus the heart identity. So there's a couple of movies there for you. Do they have some sexual content in them? Yes, absolutely they do. Um, part of the shoes of readiness is, is understanding where you're at, where you stand, so I want you to discern your own heart. Both of these movies are rated PG-13, but they do have some uh, sexual content that can uh, contribute to that theater of your mind. You just have to discern whether you are uh, mature enough to handle that content. And that's the thing about having on the shoes of readiness in the culture, because as a, as a guy who's going to teach you about overcoming sexual addiction, I'm also going to teach you that we need to be salt and light in the culture and not put our heads in the sand, because it is uh, it's a state of emergency out there. And like it or not, people pile into the multiplex they sit, they rent videos, they rent movies, and they are being preached to, okay? They are being told a message. They are, their their emotions and their worldview is being impacted by film. When you can say, hey, I saw that movie, and you can start to talk about it from your worldview, you will make a huge impact on them because they know you. They can talk to you. The, the, they're running this kind of stuff through their head. I think here in the United States, especially in the Seattle area, there's something like 6% or something like that actually attend church on a regular basis here in the Seattle area. Okay, they're attending the church of uh, media. They're attending the church of uh, film. As Christians, when we can get that message that that film's trying to get across and bring it into the gospel, Okay, that's putting on the shoes of readiness. Okay? That's being involved in people's lives. That's that's being assertive in your worldview. Helping to bring light to a hurting, hurting world. Hey, oh,
Love that song. We are the hands, we are the feet, we've got to move. We've got to understand. Not just, you know, not just for the culture, but for ourselves first, so we can engage the culture, right? That song talking about all these simple distractions. We live in a, in a culture where they are hearing a message preached to them every few minutes, right? Every song, every commercial, every television show, every message, ads, you know, they're everywhere. And they all are preaching a message. Buy our product. It will save you. You know. And it's funny how I was uh, I was in this warehouse. And they had stored like alcohol and stuff. And they had all these different uh, alcohol ads. Like big posters on the wall. And it was interesting how some of them really uh, use that kind of comfort to, to sell their product. Like southern comfort. Right? You know. And, and uh it, Jack Daniel's whiskey made in a made in a peaceful Tennessee hollow, you know, and in Tennessee, and, I, and it was just interesting how they use that to to uh, sell comfort, right? That's what alcohol can be comfort. Here in the United States, it's an election year, and all the the you know politicians come out with their. Uh, their rants on how they're going to be Jesus and save you from the big bad world. I mean, we hear messages all the time. Drive by a billboard, boom, you're being preached a message. You know, Jesus says, it's not what comes into you from the outside that makes you unclean. It's what flows out of you. It's what's in your heart. And Jesus has asked this, you know, I love that. And he says, are you so dull? It's Mark 7. It's what comes flowing out of you that makes you unclean. Not what you stuff in from the outside. It's a heart condition. The Apostle Paul goes to uh, Greece. He goes to Mars Hill. I go to Mars Hill Church in Seattle. This is their philosophy. When it comes to reaching the culture, people are sacrificing to this unknown God, right? Paul says, he does, does he go in and curse them and point, you shouldn't be watching those movies, you shouldn't be listening to those songs. Does he say that? No, he says, let, let me show you what you're sacrificing to. I, I know this unknown God you're talking about. Let me show you what you're looking for. What, what you're trying to find your fulfillment in. What, what, what you're really looking for to sustain you. That's putting on the shoes of readiness in your culture, in your neighborhood. Putting it on in your own life, for your own spirit, in your own soul, is realizing how, why does it make you unclean? Okay? Why does it make you unclean? It's funny, the scholars, Bible scholars for the NIV, you know, they take that passage to mean, oh, well, Jesus says it's okay to eat pork now. Like it's that surfacy. And that's part of it, you know. Jesus also says in another part, he says, you know, I, God made it, all these creatures, he made them good. How dare you call something that God made unclean? Eat the pig, it's okay. Have, have some bacon. Canadian bacon. <laughs> you know, 
ham, whatever. It's um, realizing that you have shoes on anyway, right? You have shoes on and you're marching towards something. You're walking towards something. Every day you get up, you lace up your shoes, you buckle them on or slip them on or whatever the heck you do. And you're, and you're marching towards something. You're walking towards something, whether it's work or whatever it is, right? Um, going to a deeper sense of understanding in that, um, a, a visual word picture for you, getting down to the, the bare dirt touching the cement rebar of the foundation of who you are, I think that... Uh, Buckling on the shoes of readiness is is realization of uh, of desire, right? Of where you're going. Of uh, you know, you're changing. You are changing every day. You march towards something, and you get a little closer, a little bit farther down the path in your journey towards what you know. You know what I'm saying? Like your 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 desire, you you just don't turn off desire. You're changing. Um, you're you're being formed and shaped and molded every day. You know, we're all slaves, right? To a certain degree, we're slaves to something. It's choosing your slavery. I know that's kind of a negative term, but. Uh, that's the truth. We were built, you know, down in the root core dust of, of who we are. We're, we're built to worship, you know. We're built to heap praise upon something. We're built to have adoration towards something. And we march in that direction, man. We are marching in that direction every day. Putting on the shoes of readiness is... Uh, is really wrapping your mind around that. Where are we going? That's what I'm going to talk about. It's about putting on shoes and marching forward. I heard this guy do did a uh, a sermon on this subject, which I totally disagreed with. But he had a great analogy to the uh, the the shoes that Roman soldiers wore. He said that um, they they wore these kind of like it looked like cleats, right? They were kind of like Birkenstocks. But there were cleats. But instead of like baseball cleats or like soccer cleats, they actually had, um, they were a little more like fish scales, right? Like they were leaned back so that the, the Roman soldier could march forward. Okay, that they could continually move forward. They could climb mountains and some of the rugged terrain that these folks had to, uh, to, to travel across. They were these shoes were built to, to stand firm and to not back up if they were to uh, to hit an enemy, right? That that those they would dig into the ground and they would uh, they would not be able to you know be pushed back as long as their as long as their feet were solidly planted on the earth unless they were on sand or something like that they were not going to be able to push back on these the, these kind of shoes. Now, what does that mean for the addict? Because, um, you know, we seem to get knocked down a lot. And, and that's basically what I'm talking about. Is that grace and understanding that relationship with God is a lot like putting those shoes on. It's a lot like putting those sandals on. 
You are the only time you lose when you quit. The time you lose is when you take those off. Okay? Will you get knocked down? Yeah, you're gonna get knocked down sometimes. Sometimes you don't I don't know. Some of you you're gonna be able to overcome this thing quick, and some of you it may take years. You're gonna get knocked down. You don't take off the sandals. This is too hard. I'm gonna take off my sandals. No, no, you don't. You keep your sandals on and you get up and you move forward. You deal with, with what's going on inside of you. I heard a, uh, a great quote. It was in a movie. And uh, this woman said that forgiveness is one of those, uh, one of those heart deals, right? One of those uh, workouts of your heart, getting your heart on the treadmill and, and uh, dealing with the queen ants. One of those is forgiveness. On a heart level, forgiveness is moving forward. All right, do you understand that? You, behind your ears, okay? That doesn't mean other people need to forgive you so you can move forward, no. They will forgive you so they can move forward. In their time, all right, on their terms. But for you, there is stuff that you're holding on to, there's grudges that you may have, there's ought that you have against somebody else. Let me tell you something, moving forward in your heart is going to be forgiving some of that. Dealing with it and forgiving. Do we forgive and forget? No. Sometimes, you know, that's a good thing to do. But to forget, it, it, some of the stuff you've learned, you're not going to be able to forget because you learned it. Because it's become a habit in you. An emotional way you react. And to forget that is, is first of all, it's foolish. You may have to talk to your parents and say, why did you teach me this way? Just to get them to face their own sin. I mean, you've been sinned against. If you have human parents, and that's every single one of you, let me guarantee you something. You've been sinned against, okay? You've, you've learned some wrong stuff because the world's not perfect and your folks aren't perfect, all right? But we're called to honor our parents. And part of that honor is uh, forgiving them and I speak that to myself. Part of that honor is um, also confronting them about the past. You may need to do that. That doesn't mean you're mean. Okay, that doesn't mean you're uh, you're a bad person because you want to talk about the past. Can't you just forgive and forget? You know, listen, I've forgiven you, okay? You can say that. I hear, I've forgiven you. But I learned something something wrong, something damaging, and especially if they're caught in that sin and they're still perpetuating it, uh, talk to them, love on them, in a spirit of love, all right? God came out of heaven and came into the, the flesh of Jesus to deal with us sinners, all right? He was comfortable in his in, in heaven, and he comes to a place where he's spit upon, he's ridiculed, he's rebuked, he's beaten, he's stuck on a cross to die. Okay, being a Christian doesn't mean you get to just ignore people and pretend they don't exist. I'm sorry if that's harsh on a lot of you, but part of this moving forward for you and killing those queen ants that are underneath the surface... What I mean by that, if you're new to the show, is, is we can squish all the ants on the surface, right? You have an ant problem in your house, you're smashing ants, you're putting up traps. The reason that doesn't always work is because there's queen ants underneath the floorboards giving birth 
to new ones. In construction, you can use foundational material on on the surface frame of a, of a structure, right? It's another metaphor for you. Um, you can use like concrete and rebar on the second, third floor of a building. Now, mainly where you're going to find concrete and rebar is in the foundation. All right, I I want to talk about what you're building on, and I'm going to go on on foundational stuff. I'm always going to talk about the foundation because every structure is built on something. And, you know, whether you agree with me or not, if it's not constructed, if it's not structured, if it's, if its foundation is not in the blood of Jesus Christ, um, it, it's going to be lopsided and it's, it's not going to be very stable for the long term. It's just not. Even if that long term is your lifetime, it's still not. And you may disagree with me on that. Um, again, I, I, let me give me the opportunity to uh, to to let to, you know. Just don't judge me and turn off the show and say this guy's an idiot. Um, I really, I I really plead with you, and I'm passionate about um, communicating with you in a way that you can understand. Because there's truth in this. And I think if you run it through your spirit and run it through your head, you know, you may not like the truth, but you will see the truth, right? It'll, it'll make sense to you. And it'll set you free. All right? It's going to be painful. You may have to ex excavate some things, but in the long run, abiding in Christ, you know, and looking at Him as the truth, the truth will set you free. And for some of you, this may take a couple of years to break this addiction. For some of you, it won't. But for some of you, it will. For some of you who are like me, this thing's got its hooks in you really deep. It may take a couple of years. And, and here's the deal. Putting on those shoes, putting on those, those sandals with the grip to them, is going to mean you don't quit. You don't quit. You just never, ever quit. You know when you quit and you take the sandals off? You know when that is? You don't. You never do. Never, ever quit. All right? Never. Never, ever give up. You do not quit. Some of you, you go three, four months, you have some victory, and then you fall, and you just want to quit. You want to take the sandals off, throw them away. You never, ever quit. Never, ever quit. And that means you get honest. And if you, you know, you go through two years, and you're still struggling, and you just go, oh, well, I got grace. That's not freedom. All right, I went through two years of, of failing and then crying out like freaking David, right? Oh my God, I can't believe I did this. What the heck is wrong? God, please, where are you? My enemies, kill them. You know, that kind of attitude. It's going to take some time. You just never, ever take those sandals off. You never quit. You just never, you hear me? Never, ever. Don't quit. Please. Ever, never quit and that whole attitude God'll love me when you know God'll love me if dad'll love me when I score the goal you know that whole attitude if you open up your mind and flush your religious you know dad'll love me when dogmatic doctrine when you can flush that and be like the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3 right 
I count all my rule-keeping, religious, you know, elitism as dung. When you have that attitude, when you can open up your mind and see that God is your father and he loves you. And he wants to, you know, he wants to put that bandage over your knee. So you can get back out on the field. And dad doesn't hate you because you fell down. He's your father, a good father, not like your earthly father who may have been a total jerk, okay? He's your father, he loves you. We have this false sense that we're gonna come off the football field, right? The soccer field, and we're gonna get God's wrath, right? Like, dad's gonna be pissed off because I didn't kick the goal. I actually fell down and got my knee bloodied, all right? We're not under his wrath, we're under his mercy, we're under his grace. That's what the cross is about. God speaking to Paul when he's in that, in that area where he's just beating the crap out of himself, right? And he's just all, oh, I hate this, you know, my, this horrible body that I'm in, you know? I, I don't do what I should do and I do what I shouldn't do, you know? What a wretched man am I, this guy says. And, the Apostle Paul, and, he, and, and this is God's answer to him. This is 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, Paul says, I will glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest on me. Okay? different attitude than beating the crap out of yourself, isn't it? I heard a guy on the radio talking about, you know, you want to get people to repent, you talk about hell. It's like, you know, it's shame will get got me to the point where hell didn't scare me. Alright? I, I just figured that that's where I was going anyway. That God was disappointing me, God hated me, and, and I was destined for hell. Okay? Some people are elect, and I'm just not one of those people. That's what I thought. That's where shame had me. It, it, it was that dark. It was that dark. I heard a pastor on uh, the Resurgence. Resurgence is a website that Mars Hill does. It's kind of training for pastors. And this guy, he did a was at a pastor's conference, and he said, uh, he said the darkest moment in his life was when he prayed, Lord, um, if I go to hell, I'm going to go to hell loving you. You know? He said that's probably the darkest point in his life, that prayer. Spiritually, that is dark. That's graceless. So I pray that we we buckle on those uh, those shoes and we're moving forward and they got the spikes man they're pointing forward and, and we're marching we're marching towards the goal as Paul would say having our heart refined by Christ having an attitude that's more like his and less like our own whiny self-righteous or self-destructive attitude, you know, we're, we're, we're more like he is and reflecting that light. It's about redemption. It's not about you being perfect. It's not about you behavior management. It's about redemption. It's about leaning into Christ with that attitude. 
less of me and more of you, Jesus. That doesn't mean you grow your hair long and wear a robe. No, that means you have his attitude. We all have different gifts. We all have different talents and abilities, but we have the same Christ-centered attitude. Um, before I close, I wanted to, to say a prayer. Um, there's just a lot of uh, weight to this subject, and, and I know that some of you hearing this, it, it stirs it stirs up stuff in you, and, and I want you to... Lord Jesus, I... Uh, I pray for every single person listening right now. I pray for your grace and your mercy upon their life. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them. I pray that they would open their hearts. I thank you that you can break the darkest, most habitual most sticky, stuck to the identity of, of, of these these ears that hear. Lord, I, I pray that you show them that the, this this dark, black, pussy, wound, sore, addiction, whatever word you want to use, I pray that you show them that they can be broken, that there is hope. I pray that they would let go in this moment and really just place their heart in your hands. And if there's any, there's any resistance to that, that they would get upset about that, that they would get angry enough to, to, to talk to you about it, to cry out to you. Jesus, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I thank you for your undeserved favor over my life and over the life of these. These precious hearts listening right now, Lord, I, I thank you. I thank you for every single one listening, and I, and I pray your blood, your forgiveness, and the realization of that would be made like like a spotlight in their hearts. Your holy and precious and beautiful name, Lord God. Amen. My name is Russ Shaw. This has been ASI Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. Send me an email. It's russ at asi247.org. Uh, stop by the website. It's asi247.org. I, uh, I have book lists. I have resources on there. I have uh, Bible studies for you to kind of get a little deeper into, into Scripture and, and check out what what the Bible really says. It's just not just the surfacey book that you read the stories and go, oh, okay, set it down. There's heart-level truths 
that run across centuries and millennia. Um, this is a listener-supported ministry. I, I thank God for you who have donated. I, I am humbled and honored. Um, if any of you want to keep sending out that ripple effect, um, I would appreciate it. It's something you could do uh, to, to partner with me to you know, not as a, I'm pressuring you to do it, but just as something that you could, I don't know, give out of your heart, you know, as maybe starting to realize that you're not in the dark and you're not alone, that there is other people out there that struggle with this and learning these heart level truths. Help me keep sending out that message because I, uh, I'm not a wealthy dude. And the show is gaining in popularity, and I'm gonna have to upgrade soon. And uh, but I, I thank you who have donated too. Um, this is uh, Dismas. The song is called "Glory, uh, Redemption, Honor, and Glory." Uh, I love this song. It's because of him we can live holy. He's covered us with our with his blood. Alright? We are bought and paid for with blood. Not by our own doing. Not by our white knuckling and earning it. That's redemption. That's redemption. Until next time. Bye. This is redemption.